This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. In January this year, I had the honour of interviewing Daniel Rees for the Rolling Together podcast. Sadly passing away in September, this repeat is a celebration of Daniel's life and love for running. Kia ora and welcome to Running Together. We are well into summer now and that means into competitive running. Track is king. Sprinters who are rarely seen during the winter months are now frequently perhaps even daily, out at Napuna Wai, practising and preparing for that burst of speed. Middle and longer distance runners are cleaning the mud off their spikes and honing their finishing kick. My guest today is a person who is more commonly seen on the road or cross country. For many decades, he has competed at the highest local level committed himself to organising, directing and encouraging runs and races. Almost single-handedly, he has managed a successful athletics club for over a decade. His love of the sport and his unrivaled commitment is amazing. Having witnessed and given so much, it's time for him to share his thoughts and his journey to now. Daniel Rees. Welcome to Running Together. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, (laughs) Happy New Year to you too. So, uh, no, thank you for those kind words. Yeah, no, I've had a reasonably long career, I think slightly more than a decade running a club, but that's all right. Yeah, I did say more than a decade. We're not talking numbers necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) And you have actually been watching a little bit of uh, track recently, haven't you? I have. I've been up at um, New Plymouth visiting the family and I was meant to be an official up there and I had to pull the plug due to um, health reasons. And But I had great time out there. went out on the Sunday. I'm glad I didn't go the rainy days. But it really, I've never seen rain like it. I felt so sorry for the officials. But it was great to go out on, on the Sunday and I saw some great racing and the ones that come to mind are the Canberra Athletes, Kira Hall and the 800 uh, women's and, um, of course, Cooper Whiteman. A uh, great run there, breaking the Canterbury record in the 1500 and what a prospect he is as is Kira Hall and there's some great great athletes up there both Brackenbridge in the hurdles and and Ethan Gow and from Lincoln High School and a lot of those young chaps and I just love getting up there and and seeing them performing I've done my performing not that (laughs) not that that means I've retired but uh, I still hope to uh, I still have some aspirations and uh, that I can pursue um, you know in the next year or two brilliant May I start with a personal question? When are you planning to race my wife, Yen, over 5K? Well, as you know, Peter, um, I've just had a rather major surgery and I'm back to walking. So you tell her she'd better keep training because I be, <laughs> won't be far away. But look, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm certainly not stopping my running and it's certainly one of my goals. Well, it's to, it's to beat Yen. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe we, um, we challenge each other to maybe the 2023 marathon. That would be a challenge to see her response, actually, to that request. I want to take you back to 1985, to the 50th anniversary of the Takahata Akaroa Road Relay. Tell me about that day in your life. Well, it was a big day in my life, and uh, I always remember the, um, the, the Athletics New Zealanders, they still do now, they do a report um, the day before in the paper, 
And the university club wasn't mentioned. Well, it might have been mentioned in dispatches at about number 10. But we went into the, into the race, you know, reasonably confident. I was probably lucky to be in the team. There were some other runners who were in the team that, that weren't in the team. And I felt um, privileged to be picked to go in the team. And I had no... So I, I did the uphill lap. I've done the uh, Coop Town to Hilltop, I think, 12 times now. And um, interesting, just go, just digressing here, I bumped into um, a gentleman up at Inglewood for the New Zealand Secondary Schools track and field champs, and I was with Phil Clode, and Phil Clode was in our team in 1985, and he there was a chap who gave us a lift out, and Phil said, I'm just going out to the road champs, he said, do you mind if I come, have you got room in the car? Anyway, the guy was driving, and I said to him after when we stopped to watch the race, he said to me, he says, oh, I just don't know if you know, I was with Phil in the 1985 road relay team that won the national road relay, relays. And he said, oh, yes, I had fastest time up the hill. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, yes, I thought it was a lovely story. But the funny thing was I'd forgotten that I also met him um, when I was the referee for the New Zealand Senior Schools Cross Country Champs in Timaru. I'm not sure what year that was. But I was also introduced to him then and I'd forgotten. He was just a name then. So, so that was quite interesting. He had fastest time. I think I had sixth fastest time, which then was... 26.59, which, you know, would have, it would have won most local, um, local times up the hill. But, look, it was great, and I have a really cool story to tell. As up the hill, and we were leading. Dave Burridge did lap five, and going up the hill, and I was about a kilometre up the hill, and it was Tony Prisk from New Brighton in second place. And we were going up the hill, and we got to about the kilometre mark, and there was a bunch of people. There was Peter Renner, and there was Neil Lousley, and there was Don Gregg Sr., and there was Don Gregg Jr., and they were standing there, and their jaws were down around their waists. And all I could hear was, bloody hell, he's taken 30 seconds out of Tony. <laughs> and um, I took 30 seconds out of Tony in the first 1K up the hill, and I just held it to the end, basically. You know, it was just a short 6K up there. But I love the uphill. I love that that one. I've never done the lap seven. It's the only one I haven't done. But Jez has a special time. It was sort of my it was sort of my Everest of athletics at, at that time. It's probably downgraded slightly. It's probably just hilltop now. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it, no, it's a good story. And look, I can I can um, spend two hours on a Sunday run telling people about it. But we haven't got two hours here, so uh, <laughs> so no. Um, yeah, one of my one of my highlights. And the funny thing was, as I see the medals they get now. We used to get, a, you've seen the Taki to Akira, the old medals. We just used to get them in a little plastic bag and they're about the size of a 50 cent piece. But anyway, Kevin O'Sullivan, our team manager, uh, sorry, team leader, captain, he went out and had all the medals engraved um, with the date on it and the, and the person's time. So I have that as a memento. And I always remember too, Frank Nolan was our team selector, and Frank was Mary O'Connor's husband, and he was a good mentor to me, and unfortunately passed away, had a heart attack in, in London, and so Frank picked the team, and yeah, we won, so it was, it was really good, but it had its stories too, because Ken Maloney, going up to the Takamatua Hill, he pulled something, and of course when you pull something, you've sort of got to stop, and you've got to see the referee, and you've got to get someone come and take over, blah, 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 but I think he jogged on. And what I didn't know, and I found out many years, many, many years later, actually, and I think it might be in the um, message in a flax stalk that Pat Meffin, who I know very well now, and I understand he got hit. I understand, because I didn't know at that time. He got hit by a car coming into Akaroa. That's right. And he finished, uh, we fin used to finish on the wharf then, and that was lovely, but look, it's just become harder and harder to finish on the wharf. 
and uh, the celebrations were great. And um, I got, I remember Sam McLean, we go to the hilltop, of course, afterwards for celebrations. Don't remember boat races then, but anyway, I remember my good, my good friend Sam McLean um, giving me back. Um, he got a wee bit of trouble when he got home, but uh, we, it was a good day. And it stands very much in my memories, 1985. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can name all, all, all things, and it would be great to have a catch-up one day um, if we ever have the Takiti to Akarara again. But, uh. That's going into my next question. Tetuai has been a major part of your life. How many times, because you just mentioned about, about obviously going up the hill quite a few times. I think 12 but, times. But you, I'm not like John Gamlin, who's done the event 40, 40 or 44 times or something. I think it's 44. Yeah, something yeah. like that, and called Bob Perry. I think he did 56. But look, I've done a lot of the laps a lot of times. I first ran it, I think, in 1973 for the Anglican Club, doing lap one, and they turned left at the Governor's Bay Hotel and ran down around the water. Front. Um, oh, okay. That was that. I think that was the last year, and mm-hmm. I ran that for the Anglican Club. Yeah, I can't remember my time. Thirty-three minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've run that one. I think numerous times, probably eight or nine mm-hmm. times. I've run up the hill twelve times. I've run that five. I remember I had a battle once with Clive Kitchingham um, along on that one through mm-hmm. all the through all the midges. But look, I've got from I've run the lap last lap I think eight times. I don't know how many times. I'll have a list somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, it's a great event, and it's uh, unfortunate that so we didn't have it this year. And look, fingers crossed that we can hold it again. I'm not overly confident. I'll tell you now, but uh, time will tell. We're working through that as a committee. So. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it about people coming together to run from Christchurch to Akaroa that is so appealing? It's so appealing for you, to you obviously, but also so appealing for so many. It was we've seen for that outpouring when it was cancelled this year. Or sorry, C- you know, correct. And I think you talk to athletes all around New Zealand, and the one race they want to run is the Taki to Akaroa Relay. And I think one of the th- passions that I have about it, it was set up by a university club member, which is sort of so it's got a club um, thing as there to fill it. Our club started it. Yeah. And and I started in 1973, and I think it's just, you know, relays are a great event, and just the logistics and everything else involved in the race and how do you get from A to B, and you know, Pete, from the community teams and some of the questions they asked, you know. I always remember once after one of the team managers' meeting where one of them came up to me after and said, do we need a four-wheel drive? to park in one of the paddocks. You know, all those sort of things that you don't sort of think about. But, you yeah. know, I've been race director now 12 years, 12 years, so, um, and I think I've managed four national road, four or five national road relays. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so it just has that mystique about it and everyone loves it and uh, yeah. it'll be a sad day when we have to say goodbye to it. And it's a beautifully varied course. You mentioned about not doing lap seven, which is a lot of downhill, because obviously if you're going up, you have to come down. If you do the downhill, you can't walk the next day. I'm not a good downhill runner. I remember running the AMP triathlon, which used to go from the square up up to uh, Rapaki Track, um, as they used to do. And I always remember when I whizzed up and there was Russell Prince and Steve Gurney. And I passed them going up the hill. I got to the top of the hill and you run around the track and down into Littleton. They passed me as though I was standing still. What started your love for running? My love for running, well, um, it's, it's an interesting story. My father was an athlete. He broke the Canterbury Secondary School's mile record. I knew that before I took up running. He didn't break the... You have to break the record 
to count has to be at the New Ze- at the Canterbury Secondary Schools. He did it at school, and he got rheumatic fever, so he was wasn't able to actually compete. But he had broken at school, but it doesn't count. And I think that's probably still the case. Um, I remember some funny stories. I was at Medbury School, and um, I forgot to put my name down. I think I don't. We were young and naive then, and I didn't realise you actually had to put your name down. So I didn't put my name down. I think I ran the heats or something. I can't remember. And, and, and I ran the 800, and I didn't get in the final for that. But I think my running career started at Christ College when I had bands on my teeth. I wasn't allowed to play contact sport. It was year 12. And what you did at college if you weren't a sports person, which I was, I played tennis and I played rugby and I played cricket and I did all those things. What you did in the winter is you did Harriers. And at Christ College, Harriers was assigned to the Anglican Harrier Club. So that's how my brother Andrew and myself became members of the Anglican Harrier Club. And the sports Harrier master in charge of Harriers, used to take us every Saturday out to the club runs and we used to have the afternoon teas and we'd go for a 10k run and blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, but we used to, so we used to run around the park, Hagley Park, from college once every Wednesday. That was afternoon Wednesday sport. They still have Wednesday sport, don't they, at scenery school. Yeah. And so once around the park, see. So I went from sort of being near the back of the field and year 12 I was second in the seniors and year, and year 13 I was managed to win so mm. and and that's where it started I didn't do track and field purely because I played cricket I always remember leaving the cricket in the middle of a match and heading off to run the um, championships the school championships and uh, the 1500 and the 5000 and um, did reasonably well in those and um, then go back to the cricket and have a bowl or a bat and so I didn't do track and field so that's where my um, love of cross-country running comes mm. through Harriers at Christ College, the Anglican Club, and then I have another story to tell where I rang for Anglican and I was still a junior, of course, and I was sort of coming second and third in their senior races and their club champs, and then I got shoulder tapped, and I mentioned this to John Gamblin one day after one of the AGMs, and um, I, I said to John afterwards, and I'll tell you, I've never seen a man laugh so much in all my life. And I'd forgotten to relay this message when I was giving a wee thing. And what happened is that uh, um, I got poached by University of Athletic Club. And the P word is, is a no-no in athletics. And I often yes, get accused <laughs> of in my club and I deny everything. And I to, still to this day, I say that we have never poached. But I do tell the story that I was actually poached from uni- by university from the Anglican Club. I always remember telling the club president and he said to me, Daniel, you're always welcome back. So here I am 50 years on, still a member of the university club. So. <laughs> And I can well understand why uh, why John Gamblin would be uh, would be laughing when you talked about having so been poached. So he thought it was a good story. And look, yeah. I'm still very good friends with people in the club. Of course, now lo- no longer disbanded. People like John, Meg Christie, and uh, Martin Jagers, and and all these people they they became friends of mine. And and you know we used to run. I used to do we used to do a Wednesday morning run and a and a Friday morning run. This is when I I used to do this when I was with the university club. I used to do this and run with them and on Wednesdays 
Thursdays and Fridays. We used to get in the car at 6 o'clock in the morning from the netball courts down at South Hagley Park, and they're still good friends of mine. And, and of course, my brother Andrew, um, who had so much to do with the sport of athletics in Canterbury until, until his untimely death nine years ago. Mm. And uh, he stayed with the club and, you know, was a stalwart. And, of course, after he passed away, um, the club stopped sort of functioning as it should have. Mm. And, I just hope that um, the university club, same thing doesn't happen. Of course. <laughs> but but yeah. um, so, you know, after my latest health scare, you know, I'm, it, it's a good chance to put things in place. And I've had great support from club members and, um, and you know, we've got, you know, things to work through. And, you know, I've got very good support. Someone, Craig Motley's a person um, who's given the club so much and we made him a life member recently. And Matt Ingram's another one. And now I've got Oscar Baines, who's just great and rallies the troops, so to speak. We're an interesting club. But look, I have a great love of the Christchaven Club and was a member there. And that's another story with the Garden City Athletic Club. Um, which uh, which you may or may not be aware of. I was a part of forming with Robert Holland and John Gamblin, and mm-hmm. uh, that served its purpose at the time. And I look at the two clubs now, and they're two of the top clubs basically in Christchurch. Yeah. You know, um, dropped down the standing slightly, but that's all right. <laughs> we still won the National Rotary there, which is our you, most important you still achievement that. every year. Mm-hmm. When it comes to administration, though, I mean, that's something that it's you've been heavily involved in. Obviously, Andrew was very, very much involved in in as well. What would be one of the ways, and I think you just touched on this when it came to the club, but I mean, every organisation needs some form of administration, you know, some form of organising and so on. Um, If we're going to have a run, then somebody needs to organise the run, even even if it's one of those runs around the park, for example, but obviously when it comes to something much more serious like, you know, T2A. What are our opportunities when it comes to bringing younger people in? Because a lot of those race directors, run directors and so on are not young anymore. So how are we going to sort of build in that administration? Because I think the sport itself is pretty strong. There's a lot of people that run. Yeah, look, it's a difficult one because um, you and I could name um, probably a dozen people who do the majority of the work for the majority of the clubs. You know, we can name them on two hands or even one hand. You know, Gamblins, Campurlis, Reese. you know, those sort of people, Margaret Flanagan, um, you know, um, you go to the Sumner Club, you've got uh, Marty Lukes and and. Alistair Corey Wright and those sort of people, you know, and I can go to New Brighton and, and, and the same sort of thing. They're the same names, but they've been the same names that have been around when I started 50 years ago. And it isn't easy, but there is a way. And look, I can cite some examples. I remember Annette Campbell, who's now the chair, who's been on the Athletics Canterbury Board and, and is doing a great job with the Cross Country and Road Committee as their president. And she rang me one day and she said, Daniel, look, I'd like to become involved. And, you know, I don't want to sort of be on the committee, but I'm happy to maybe on a subcommittee. And she went on the Taki to Akaroa subcommittee, see, and she got in that way. Another person, Kevin Prendergast, rang me one day and said, Dan, I'd like to get involved. Don't really want to be on a committee, but I just want to help. I said, Kevin, come along to one of our committee meetings. Well, he's still on it. And yeah. he now helps me manage teams away, Canterbury teams away. He was up there at Inglewood helping out, and, and, and he's now an official. So I think it's it's I think it's a wee bit shoulder tapping. You know, I know when I went on the Athletics Canterbury board, I was shoulder tapped by Kevin Jago, 
and he obviously felt I had some something to offer. And I think it's looking at these people in the clubs and saying, can we just come on? Like Kevin Prendergast did, he's a prime example. He sat there for the first two or three minutes and didn't say anything. It didn't matter. And, you know, and we need to find more people like that. We need to go into the clubs, I think, and and target them. And we've now got with the Athletes Canterbury Working Group, got Ian Vanderpeet has stepped up and is now the leader of the Athletes Pathway Working Group, Will Little from Whippets, and, you know, he's he's helping. And then also now on the Track and Field Committee, the Track and Field Committee was struggling with people, and we've now got extra people and we've got youth, you know, Ion's only in his mid-twenties. Hopefully, he will still be here in 50 years. I don't know. And, you know, and he's an athlete too. Mm. And it it isn't easy. It isn't easy. And I look at the numbers of officials and poor Andrew Stark pulls his hair out trying to organise events. And, you know, and athletes think, well, you know, why can't we have a meeting? We haven't got the officials. And so Andrew gets them, well, you come down and help. Uh, Prime examples, that's Hamish Kerr. He stepped up and he comes down on a Saturday when he's not competing and helps out and officiates. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we need a shoulder to athlete. You've got to be careful there. And I know that my club's probably suffered a bit because I've moved on to other things in the sport, but it still managed to hold the club together. And um, the club's probably struggled, uh, suffered a bit because it's a one man band. And, you know, but and the athletes just accept that. And, but that's changed slightly now since, you know, in the last month where people have stepped up and we've now got a committee and we've now got minutes and we've now got all those sort of things. Volunteers and parents, it's quite good getting parents. And, you know, there's Trevor Spittle, who's now an international technical delegate who's um, started with his children, you know, a long, long time ago. And uh, it's people like that. And we just need to be more of that. And we just need to be conscious as people like me need to say, well, come on, give it a go. Come on, give it a go. Sit on the committee. You know, Shona Brown, who's done many, many, many years of work, a life member of Athletics Canterbury, she's come back onto the Cross Country Road Committee, hasn't ever been on it before. She offers so much because it's the being involved in the sport. And because you're not involved, only because you're new to the sport, it doesn't mean to say that you can't contribute because when I started 50 years ago, I think my first role was treasurer of the university club. I was doing... Um, probably doing accounting 101 at, at university, and I was their treasurer, and you know, the rest history, you know. So, and, mm. and I've learned, and I've got a font of knowledge, and I hope I can pass it on other people. I had my mentors when I started, you know, John Smart and Brian Taylor and Frank Nolan and, you know, people like that, and Kevin Jago, and I could ring them up, John McBrearty, Trevor Spittle, these are people that I've called on if I have issues. I can ring them up, and they're happy to help. Not so much now, but when I started, and if I don't know it, um, I'll find someone who does know it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's the same with officials. Coaches, I don't think, so bad, but they're the the crux of a sport, the coaches, officials, and administrators, you know. And Mm. with the Athletes Academy Board, we've gone out to better boards to get people. We've got new people on our board now who aren't involved in athletics. One of them's been an athlete, and hasn't been involved in this person, Diana, who's up in Auckland, who's a good um, triple jumper who's moving down here, and she's on it. And they haven't been involved here in Christchurch because um, it's difficult for people like me and, and, and Victor and Andrew, who are heavily involved with the organisational side of the sport, but also heavily involved with the um, governance of the sport. And, you know, we've talked about that the two shouldn't overlap. But, look, they have to at the moment until we can find people. Yeah.
and having those fresh faces, I suppose, even if they you know they may not be um, particularly young, having that sort of fresh perspectives can also be quite oh exactly. Um, Look, there's Heidi Stratford who's got children at Papua New Top H, and she's general manager of Netball Canterbury, the tactics. Breath of fresh air, you know, mm. and and it's great to get that new perspective. We get a bit set, you know, you, you know, because they've done so much for the sport and they still offer got a lot to offer. But maybe you have to look at what their role should be, yeah. you know. And there's someone like Kevin Jago's with ill health still comes down in a wheelchair. He's still got a role to play. Doesn't have to be jury appeal. Doesn't have to be a referee. But he can do other things. Yeah. And because uh, they, they've got so much knowledge, and mm. we have to tap into that, you know, and uh, the betterment of the sport. Absolutely. From all that you have done as a runner, administrator, organiser, race director, manager, what are you most proud of? I think that happened last year at the AGM where I was made a life member of the Athletics Canterbury um, Centre, um, which was a great honour. And um, and if I go back down through the ranks, um, as I said earlier, uh, my greatest achievement was the um, winning the 1985 National Rotary Day. I think that's now down to three. I think also my life membership um, in 93, I think, was probably um, of the university club was also one of my best achievements. Um, well, I'm not sure about achievement, just acknowledgement, I suppose, of what I've contributed and, and those are things I cherish and, and, you, and look you don't do it for that and I certainly don't do it for that I do it for the enjoyment that I get out of it the enjoyment that I see the children and the, and the and athletics you know as I say to people I'll still congratulate the person who comes last as much as I'll congratulate the person who comes who comes first and that, that's important because they won't stay in the sport you know otherwise you've just got to encourage everybody and yeah. you know I'm your, you, your two children, I love supporting, you know, and, this, and I do that the same. Doesn't matter what club they're with, um, I'll continue to support them, you know. And I text athletes in our club when they're up at a national event. I'll text them the day before the morning. I wish them good luck, you know, and because and, I know how much it means to them. They, they think they're being supported back home, and you know, and hopefully it gives them another, you know, couple of seconds <laughs> <laughs> in, in the race, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think. It's the athletes we have to look after because they're our... Sp- and, and people say, yes, we need administrators, we need officials, we need coaches, but you can't have a sport without the athletes. Exactly. You know? And, you know, I wasn't ever coached. I didn't have a coach. I probably didn't achieve what I probably should have achieved, but, you know, I look back and that's probably... The, when you talk about regrets, that's probably one regret I had that I didn't actually pursue athletics properly. And looking back, I wish I had. So. Mm. Never mind. Yeah, there's still opportunities for the track. There are, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got another age group soon, Pete. So <laughs> and then I'll be then I'm Peter Richard breathing down my neck, and John Gamlin, um, you know, he breathing down my neck. I'd love to get back and beat him again. I've beaten him once. I can love to tell you on the show. I've beaten John Gamlin <laughs> once. He will remember it. Hagley Park National Cross Country Championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talked about it the other day, actually. But yeah, look, I've got fond memories of this, of the sport, and and hope there's a few more to come. And he's beating your wife. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Why has running been such a central theme in your life for so long? Well, I just think, I'm not sure if it's me. I've been very lucky. I have a wonderful wife um, who gives me so much support and and my children who have given me, you know, so much support and they've probably been neglected. 
Um, and that gives me great, you know, it's sad in a way. But look, I love my children. And I'll tell you a lovely story, and it involves Don Gregg, who you've had on this show before. It was the Governor's Bay to Littleton. We had a Sierra station wagon where the window on the roof opened up. And I'm running along and running past us, three children hanging out the top of this Sierra station wagon with their heads out the window yelling, Dan, Dan, he's our man. If you can't beat him, no one can. As Don Gregg <laughs> runs past. <laughs> you know, it was a lovely story. So, but my, my children have been a big part of it and, of course, they would be dragged along and, of course, Kay's very, been very, very supportive and I can't thank her enough. Thank you very much, Daniel, for kindly sharing your time, thoughts and the path that has led you to this day in your life. I want to also express my appreciation for your support for this show, having, I believe, listened to most, if not all, of Running Together episodes. I've listened to them all, Pete, and they're they're very enjoyable. And, And once again, those are inspirations that take on board. And you listen to people like Craig Eustace and Margaret Flanagan, and I know Paul Norton, and I can name them all, and Lisa Brignall and John Gamblin and Olivia Ritchie, and we're all friends. I'm honoured to be a part of that history, or I suppose of your legacy that you're producing here with your shows. And I think it's great, and I look forward to many more to come. So don't stop. There's a lot of people out there, and uh, if you want a list, I'm happy to provide. But, uh, <laughs> All the best for 2023, Daniel. Thank you, Peter. I've enjoyed the show.